This is UH Jeff, and I'm here with Dave and Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 181-inch. On this episode, the great John Bermuda Schwartz returns for yet another pretty stinking majestic interview. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. We are absolutely humbled and honored to welcome back our best guest ever, UH Jeff. Hey, I was going to say that. Hey, Jeff, welcome back. We're so glad you could join us this episode. You know, technically, I never left. I've just been really quiet lately. But of course, I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. It was really great having you host Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Bonus Episode 33 Centimeter with Ethan. I agree. That was a lot of fun, Jeff. I was just happy to step in and help and taste weird candy and have my cat Chloe screaming her very little head off the whole time. She's asleep right now. Don't wake her up. Shh. Oh, that was your cat? Anyway. Yes, uh, Jeff, we understand you have something that's happening in Weird Al related news. Just this week, UH Jeff, I mean, I, announced that my documentary about tight and nerdy, the Weird Al burlesque troupe called Showgals, now has a website. And soon, it'll even have a trailer. Yes, we can keep up to date by visiting showgalsthemovie.com. All right, so Jeff, tell us everything. This is so very, very exciting. I'm very excited too. What would you like to know? All right, well, let's start. What is the documentary about? The documentary is about Tight and Nerdy. They are a Weird Al burlesque troupe. They've been performing for a few years, pre-Pandy. Um, and <laughs> we, my producing partner and I, we were following them around for a number of years. Going into their homes, going backstage at their shows, and just getting to know them and following their journey throughout life. And Jeff, when you say following them around and going to their homes, you mean like with a video camera, not just you guys were stalking them or anything? A little bit of both. (laughs) (laughs) So Jeff, first of all, what is burlesque for people who are not familiar with that? What a great question. And basically burlesque is a... It's a it's a comedy show where women and some men sexily but also comedically strip to music, often with a theme. You know, there's like Star Wars burlesque, Star Trek burlesque. So it's only fitting that we should have a Weird Al burlesque, right? Absolutely. Wow. So how did you find out about them? In 2013, so it's almost 10 years ago. A bunch of people, including like Ludovica, who's a big Weird Al fan, she sent me the info for their L.A. show as they were coming into town. And, of course, I jumped at the chance to see it and fell in love with the show and fell in love with the girls. And just it is a great time. Like, it really is so fun. And just it's just fascinating and weird and bananas. All right, so these performers in this burlesque show, are they all Weird Al fans? They are all Weird Al fans. I don't want to spoil too much, but they each kind of go into their their Weird Al origin stories for us, you know, in the film. And, and I think that, like, there is a very common theme that 
they have, that I have, that probably a lot of us have, where we were kind of misfits growing up. We were all sort of outsiders, and we saw Weird Al owning his weirdness, and, you know, we were drawn to that. And then they, as a group, coalesced around that and became tight and nerdy. <laughs> I love that so much. I love all the puns that you've been using, you know, bear to be stupid. And <laughs> I'm sure there will be a lot of that in the movie. <laughs> I was very excited to learn that bear to be stupid was never used as a hashtag before. But also, I'm not sure why it would be, have been. So. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, Jeff, I understand one of our friends is actually doing some music for the documentary. A lot of our friends are involved in this right now. Yes. So your friend and mine, Summer Woods, has given me a cover of one of Al's very popular songs for us to use in our trailer, which is coming soon. Ooh. Ooh, exciting. <laughs> That's awesome. It is exciting. We've also got artwork coming from Jeff McClelland and... Kelly Phillips, but don't tell anyone yet. Shh. <laughs> okay, we won't. <laughs> okay, good. Thanks. Don't worry. It'll be our secret. All right, Jeff, this is all very exciting, but does Weird Al know that you're doing this? I got the chance to interview Weird Al himself on camera. Wow. Oh, yes. awesome. <laughs> yes, it was the most terrifying day of my life, uh, <laughs> but it went very well. And, uh, you know, so he'll be in the movie. That's incredible. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. It was very, again, it was very nerve wracking. And I was like, basically on the verge of tears all day. Don't tell <laughs> Al. <laughs> well, Jeff, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more information coming soon. I know you have the social media handle at showgalsthemovie. And of course, we mentioned showgalsthemovie.com. Is there anything else coming soon besides this awesome trailer that we should keep an eye out for? Keep an eye out for the trailer. You can sign up, of course, at showgalsthemovie.com. And again, this is a secret. There may or may not be a Kickstarter coming on January 27th, but please don't tell anyone. Okay, we won't. <laughs> Thank you. Well, this is all very, very exciting, Jeff. We're very excited for you. We're very excited to see Showgals the movie when it comes out. And, Me too. You know, <laughs> and we're definitely looking forward to hearing a lot more about this from you in the future. Yes, for sure. We have been working on this for a very long time, and we've been sort of pitching it around town, and everyone's been like, hey, that's going to be great. Let us know what it's done. It's like, oh, okay. So I guess we're doing it on our own. Hooray. Jeff, I don't know if we can help, but uh, you can stick around for the rest of this episode with us. Sure, that'd be great. We just have uh, one request. You need to stay very, very quiet during the interview. Deal. Quieter. Deal. Perfect. All right, let's see what else is happening in Weird Al-related news. Our listener Delano Lopez let us know that there is a new spinoff of Netflix's StoryBots franchise called StoryBots Answer Time, featuring none other than Weird Al himself in Episode 3. Weird Al previously appeared on the original Ask the StoryBots series way back in 2016 on Season 1, Episode 5. And Johnny O'Hearn let us know that the StoryBots Answer Time soundtrack is out now on digital platforms, and it features... Weird Al singing on the song, 
glue. Be sure to check out Storybots Answer Time on Netflix and pick up the soundtrack wherever digital music can be purchased or streamed. The Satellite Awards recently released their list of 2022 nominees and Weird the Al Yankovic Story picked up two nominations. Weird the Al Yankovic Story was nominated in the category of Motion Picture Made for Television. And Evan Rachel Wood was nominated for Actress in a Supporting Role in a Series, Miniseries, Limited Series, or Motion Picture Made for Television. Phew, what a mouthful. But well-deserved. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, congratulations to Weird Al, Eric, Evan, and everybody involved with Weird the Al Yankovic story. The website Consequences of Film has released their top 25 films of 2022, and Weird the Al Yankovic story made the list as number 10, beating out such films as Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and the obviously Oscar bait film, Jackass Forever. For the full list, head on over to Consequence.net. Last weekend, Weird Al did a weird takeover on Vivo's 80s, 90s, and 2K channels, which aired at specific times over a limited period. Weird Al reportedly revealed all during the takeover, which was on a streaming service, but is apparently not viewable to anyone anymore. If only the technology existed so people could easily watch something whenever they'd like. Oh well, maybe eventually technology will catch up with us. Last week our Patreon family was treated to a plethora of brand new ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episodes over at patreon.com slash 2000inch. Seven new episodes dropped covering concerts in California, Washington DC, North Carolina, Virginia, and Pennsylvania. And that's not all! Stay tuned to Patreon because episodes from our weird bonus series will be dropping there first fairly soon as well. Cheapskates, I mean you frugal fans, you know who you are. You'll just have to keep on waiting with your fingers, toes, uvulas, and eyeballs crossed. But don't worry, you'll hear them all eventually. Oh, that sound means we have a message on the 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Let's take a listen. Hey, Adrian here. So as some of you may know, I do a whole light and projection display at my house for Halloween and Christmas. You may have seen my Nature Trail to Hell light show floating around a couple of months back. I was sitting around finalizing my Christmas playlist and thought... Man, what this show really needs to top it off is 22 seconds of frenetically paced music from a podcast about a very famous artist in an extremely specific genre of music. And so, I gave the Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast theme my amateur light show treatment. What was I trying to prove? Who was I trying to impress? Why did I build it? How did I do it? It's anybody's guess. Actually, I used an open-source software called X-Lights to program the lights and Adobe Premiere to add our podcast host's glorious mugs to the projection element, but we won't get too caught up in the details. If you'd like to see the final result, head on over to https colon slash slash y-o-u-t-u dot b-e slash eight lowercase x underscore uppercase e two uppercase l lowercase y-f-m-p uppercase u and check out the podcast-themed holiday blinky-flashy for yourself. Enjoy, and happy holidays. Wow, thank you so much, Adrian! Just wait until you see this. It is beyond pretty stinking majestic. It may even simply be the Majesticestest. You can tell Adrian put a lot of time and loving effort into his display, and it's simply amazing. 
Now, Adrian told us that he spent a couple of hours putting together this display, and it was totally worth it. I love everything about it, including the really cool animations in the windows. I totally did not see those the first time I watched this. <laughs> and if, in case you somehow didn't catch the link Adrian shared, we shared it over on our Facebook group, group.2000inch.com, so you can watch this awesome video a million times. There's a poll for the best holiday lights display, and we're not quite sure how any other light could possibly compete with Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast lights. But just in case, be sure to cast your vote for Adrian. There will be information on how to vote in the comments of the video. This episode is brought to you in part by Vegan Burrito Restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped in quesadilla burrito burrito and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito, or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering loaded, dare I say beefy, vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger, feed the hungry with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, always vegan style. Visit BurritoSquared.com and WizardBurger.com to order ahead. From Troy to Albany to where? Oh, now it's time for what's happening in Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West-related news! Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West will be doing his annual holiday livestream concert on Sunday, December 18th, starting at 7 p.m. Burrito Brio time, 4 p.m. Hollywood Star time. Tickets are available on JimKimoWest.com, and members of Kimo's Corner can stream it for free! And if December 18th sounds familiar to you, that's because it's Kimo's birthday. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, even UH Jeff, happy birthday, Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West. Kimo also has a number of live shows coming up in California, yay, and Hawaii. Be sure to keep an eye on his tour page and subscribe to his email newsletter for all of his up-to-date information. Now, we pride ourselves on keeping Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast spoiler-free. However, we do want to warn everybody that we do talk a bit about the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised vanity tour in this upcoming interview. Now, because that tour is technically still going on with the makeup dates and the new overseas dates coming early next year, some of what we talk about could still be considered a spoiler. So, if you're still remaining spoiler-free, consider this your spoiler warning. Ethan and I are very excited because we are joined once again by John Bermuda Schwartz, author of the new book, Lights, Camera, Accordion, eye-popping photographs of Weird Al Yankovic 1981 through 2006, and connections to Weird Al since September 14th, 1980. A date which will live. <laughs> Wow. Let's see. My math is right. That's like 42 years you've been working with Weird Al. 42 years, three months, 11 days, six <laughs> hours, 21 minutes. <laughs> All right. <I'm> counting. <laughs> we'll have to hold on uh, on releasing this then to match up with your timeline there for me to... <laughs> Oh, sorry. I, you know, I'm, I'm on Pacific time. Oh, it's, oh okay. That. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bermuda, thank you so much for joining us today. We've been so excited to, to really chat about your book. And I know you were really busy with the tour and, and we were busy ourselves. So now we're, we're both at home. We can sit back and we can ask you all about everything that's been happening since our last big interview with you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm here to, uh, I'm here. 
<laughs> Excellent. So ask, ask, ask away, and, and hopefully I have some answers. All right. Well, before I, we get into the, the book, there is something that happened on this last tour, the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour that I know Ethan and I want to talk to you about. And this is the first time we've had on the podcast anybody in the band since this amazing event happened on April 26, 2022. And to refresh your memory, Bermuda, that was at the uh, Bardavon Opera House in Poughkeepsie, New York, the first show on the tour. And you guys surprised both Ethan and myself by playing none other than the Dave Nathan's 2008 Weird Al podcast theme song. And I just want to know, how did that ever make it into the set list? What's the story <laughs> behind that? I, I, don't, I told Al, I said, Al, don't do it. We're never going to hear the end of it if you do this. He says, no, no, they'll, they'll really dig it. They'll just, it'll be a big surprise. They'll think it's great. I said, no, no, no I'm telling you, don't help them. Don't, don't, don't feed into this. It's just... It's not worth it. Uh, no, you know what we we uh, well, I, you know it was it was for fun and it was for you guys and uh, you know and of course you know it's Jim's song and so why wouldn't we do it and uh, you know and and that's it. Um, I mean, it, and it was fun for us. To, it didn't take long to work it up. It's not even a minute long, I don't think. Uh, and it was great. I mean, we we had a good time doing it. We're we're glad you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> Could you see us in the audience just freaking out? Or I mean, you're you're back and behind everything, so it's probably hard for you to see. Yeah, I can't. I don't. I honestly, I don't see what goes on in the audience unless the lights come up for some yeah. reason. But I, I'm not. Uh, I can't see anything. And then when the lights do come up, you know, I've got this uh, plexiglass screen around me for for uh, sonic purposes. <laughs> mm -hmm. And when the lights come up, you know, optic theory dictates that when you're lit up and you're looking into a reflective surface, you see yourself. So when the lights come up, I can only see me. I can't even. I can't see Al. I can't see anybody. Wow. You know, it's, I can. I can only sort of see the stage when the lights are off, uh, and can't see the audience at all. So, uh, in a word, no. I did. I didn't see you guys. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you were freaking out though. And, uh, we, yep. We were. We were happy to do it. Oh, uh, it was. Yeah. I mean, uh, we can't stop talking about it, and we can't stop thinking about it. So, big thank you to to you and Al and the rest of the guys for. Uh, for blowing our minds with that. <laughs> oh, well, you're, well, you're quite welcome. <laughs> and how far in advance did you know that this was happening? Is this like prepared months in advance or is this a last minute thing? What, what's the story behind, behind that? Well, we had rehearsed it, of course. I mean, we had rehearsed it uh, while we were still at home before the tour. So this, Al, Al knew, you know, uh, that we were going to do that on a specific day. And, uh, and only, only once, I might add, and, uh, you know, because, I mean, it's, uh, you know, you can only be surprised one time, I think. And, and uh, although you would have been surprised if we had done it at every show you were at, which would have been most of the shows, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, between Dave and I, we were at 40 or so different shows. So, yeah, that would have... <laughs> oh, wow. That would have been a surprise. <laughs> if you would have done it at every show that I was at, I would have made sure I attended every single show on this tour. <laughs> well, if we'd have known that, we would have done it at every show. <laughs> you could have sold like an extra hundred tickets or so. <laughs> well, that, you know what? It, it adds up. It and, does. Uh, you know, and we, appreci we appreciate your business. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what an amazing moment. 
Yeah. I mean, it, not only was it an amazing moment, but now it's like it's in the the history books. It's, you know, when we when we think of what was played on the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised vanity tour, we're etched into history there. So it's it's uh it's great to be part of Weird Al history like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I want to tell you there's not there's not any other fans or friends that we do that for. And uh, you know, so so uh consider yourselves uh you know, special. We do. Oh. <laughs> we certainly do. <laughs> we appreciate you. it very much. <laughs> very much, absolutely. Although uh, the same night, Lin Manuel Miranda did, uh, and and Paul Rudd both got shout outs, but they didn't get an entire song. So take that, <laughs> <No>. Lin. <laughs> yeah, and Paul. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. Well, okay, well now I, now I'm, I want to go even deeper. Uh, how many times did you guys rehearse it? Uh, like, uh, you know, like we probably played it three times. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have recordings of all of these? No, 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 no. Actually, I do. Uh, I you know I do have a recording of uh, of that night though. Oh, I'd love to hear a clean copy Ooh. of that. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to hear it too. I, I uh, yeah, I've I've got a recording of uh, of that particular night. That's awesome. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> awesome. Did you get like charts and things like that from Jim, or did you just sort of listen to it and just? I mean, it's not. It's you know, there's drums in there, but it's not. You know, I don't think it's. Uh, it's no Albuquerque. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, no, it's harder than Albuquerque. Albuquerque is just one part over and over for sixteen minutes. Uh, this, this, this actually, you know, Jim, Jim thought this out, you know, pretty thoroughly. Uh, you know, no, I, I, you know, we just listen to it, and uh, as we do for everything we do with Al, and uh, you know, if if we need to make a chart or notes or whatever, we do that. So I actually did have a chart. I wanted to get all the little. Phil's exactly the way he had them. <laughs> wow! I mean, you know, we we wanted we wanted to get it right, and uh, you know, and you know, and honestly, I haven't listened to that recording, so I don't know, I don't know how it, it turned out. I assume it turned out pretty good, or or you wouldn't be dredging yeah. it up. Uh, oh, it was terrible. <laughs> instantly recognizable. So it was. Otherwise, you would have said, you know, thanks for playing our song. You really screwed it up. You, know, you would think it was a multi-platinum award-winning. Grammy award-winning band, you could figure out a 48-second song that Jim, of all people, wrote. The Hawaiian guy wrote the song. How hard is that? The Canadian Hawaiian and you guy. it up, and, and I know it was the first gig, but you screwed... Jeez. It's terrible. But you didn't say that, I so I assume it, it came off okay. So, thank you. It was great. Well, I, I have heard, like, bootlegs of it, and it, it sounds okay. Uh, to me, but I, oh, okay. I, I think I think the uh, we need to hear the the board uh, recording to really know how well it was performed. <laughs> well, I'll, I will uh, I'll have a listen to that and I'll let you know if it deserves to go any further. Okay, <laughs> that was uh, good. That was so incredible. Thank thank you guys again for that. Well, well, you're welcome. Yeah. We had a good time. Although it it did ruin Albuquerque for me because my. Uh, <laughs> my head started spinning and I was like is, is reality real did this really happen is <laughs> am I dreaming <laughs> so I'm still not sure no it was it was all, all too real <laughs> and then it was on the set list oh it was so cool <laughs> oh yeah oh no this it was uh, you know I, I'd like to I'd like to be able to say oh you know Dave and Ethan are here hey, hey why don't we surprise them with the song no we we knew we were waiting 
basically for the first show you were at, we were going to do that song. <laughs> and uh, well, it, sh- it didn't take long. No. <laughs> right, right at the top of the tour, get get that out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I think Al booked the show because he knew it was equidistant between our houses uh, in Poughkeepsie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. We started the 2018 tour, the uh, the original ill-advised tour, at that same venue. Yeah. Uh, yes. You know, which is, uh, I, I don't know what, uh, maybe we got, you know, you know, stuff was loaded in a couple of days before. Maybe we got it cheap for, you know, a couple of nights or something. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it was interesting that we started in the same place. Um, and, and kind of cool. I mean, that's sort of, that's a, a classic theater. Yeah, it was, it, I, I have no complaints on either of those shows. I, I thought it was great. Both <laughs> of them. It's a cool venue there. Yes, I agree. While we're talking about the tour of Bermuda, this was a very different tour for many reasons. I know, you know, when you were on chatting with us before the tour actually happened, you told us that, you know, this was a 27 week tour. This has never been you know, a, a tour that long that's contiguous like this, you know, was it a grueling process or was it just sort of like your normal tour for you? Well, no, it was, it was, it was normal up to about three or four months. And then after that, that becomes a really long time. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I would say the fifth month was a hard month because that was pretty long. And then the last month was better because we knew we were going to be home pretty soon. So, right. it was, you know, it was kind of a relief. Uh, that was hmm. honestly... Uh, 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 it, it was a hard tour. I mean, it was, uh, uh, you know, nobody killed anyone. You know, we wanted to. Well, we've always wanted to kill Reben. But, <laughs> of course. Uh, you know, he, he, he escaped this time as well. Uh, it was just, it was a long time to be out without any breaks. Um, yeah. You know, the fact that some of us uh, tested positive for COVID were the only breaks we had at all. I mean, the band sat tight for five days while Al was positive back in May. And then uh, I had five days off, uh, unintended days off, uh, at the end of August. So I did actually, you know, we did have a couple of unintended breaks, but that was not the plan. And even so, it was still, you know, you don't go six months without, you know, and just take a week off and, and call it a, you know, you need more than that. So that's this is not the kind of tour we would do again without putting some breaks in, you know, do a couple of months, take a couple of weeks off, something like that. Uh, but yeah, it was, I don't want to say it was grueling. I don't want to say it was brutal, but it was, it was, uh, tough and it was, uh, you know, kind of fatiguing and, and the crew works a lot harder than we do and a lot longer than we do five days a week. Right. And, uh, I know it was really, it was hard on them. I mean, they worked really hard and they all made it and they, they kept a smile on their face. They did pretty good. Being at so many shows, Dave and I can attest that it's not like there was a reduce in quality. You know, over after four or five months, it was, you know, the same quality, if not better, as, as it went on. So it really is a testament to you guys and the crew. I can't imagine. I, I mean, because... You know, I'm. I went to the shows, and I'd be back home for a few days, or a few weeks, or a few months, and and it's just like, nope, Bermuda's just on a, a bus or in a hotel room right now. It's it's very bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you know the the logistics, you know, traveling and all that. You know, it's, it's not a vacation. You know, we get, you know, I don't want to make it sound terrible, but we get dragged around a lot. We're in five, six hotels a week, you know, and on the move, uh, you know, five or six days a week, and that that does get tiring after a time, you know, and we're used to three months, maybe four months, 
but after that it starts it, it starts adding up but we made it and nobody you know said anything they shouldn't have said to anybody <laughs> and uh you know, unless unless what i'm saying now it shouldn't be said i don't know uh but we we made it through but yeah if if we do six months again we're gonna we're gonna break it up we're not gonna try and do that in a row i don't know any groups that do that and work five days a week right for 27 weeks straight that's that's right. unheard of yeah it's incredible yeah well, you do have a couple months off because you are going back out again in February to hit a couple of uh, makeup dates in the U.S. And then you're heading overseas to Europe and Australia. So any changes for those dates or is this basically a continuation of the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent advised vanity tour? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it, it'll be basically be the same. I mean, we're going to change up the sets every night and uh you know, actually, I think on, on the dates we're making up uh, in the states just before we head over to to uh, Dublin is the first European date. Uh, before we head over there, I think we're probably doing the exact same sets that we were supposed to do that we didn't do. Oh, interesting. You know, those those dates were postponed. So I think okay. I, I think I'm not absolutely sure, but because uh, not doing those four shows, I don't think affected any of the rest of the shows. Those just kind of went away, and that was it. Uh, so I think we might come back and do do them as they were supposed to have been done in the first place, including whatever cover song we were going to do that night. Uh, I think those are going to be the shows exactly as they were intended. Uh, and I think we're doing the same uh, in Europe and uh, Australia. I, I think, you know, we're playing some places where, you know, in Scandinavia, English is a second language, but they speak it very, very well. I don't know if that's going to be the case in, in Paris as much, in Germany as much, in Vienna. Uh, these are new mm. places for us. And there may be a little bit of a language, not not a language barrier, but like some of the idioms and some of the, the uh, you know, so the, the, the double meanings of certain right, words right. and phrases. I don't know if they'll right. come across, you know, and, and yeah, you would think if they're coming to an Al show, they know the songs, but they may not know quite what they mean. Uh, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's going to be very interesting to uh, see how emo is uh, is uh, received yeah. in some of the countries, again, that, that don't right. know, you know, some of the... Uh, uh, the words and and the phrases and you know the the double entendre, I guess that'll go over very well in Paris. That's French. See <laughs> <laughs> the play, no, but I mean I can I can just I can sort of picture him you know doing doing the uh, you know the the uh, I I said to her you know you look slinky I said to her at the top of the stairs. Now, I don't know if that's going to go over very well in some of these other places where they don't they don't either know what a slinky toy is or or that the word slinky has another you know like like a you know sort of a pseudo sexual you know reference. If they don't know both of those, it's completely not funny. Um, Do you think he'll you know, he'll ch or, change up the seagull joke into be a American existentialist seagull. I, I don't know. You know, I, uh, I mean, I could just see him. You know, pourquoi? And everybody goes, so, so what? <laughs> What's funny about that? So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. Um, anyway, I, that should be. Uh, you know, we're we're gonna face probably some language barrier kind of things, but uh, not so much in Australia. 
Right. You know, not so much, of right. course, in Ireland, England, or, or anywhere in Scandinavia. But uh, in Germany, I don't know. You know, in, in Paris, mm. you know, Vienna, um, hard to say. Brussels, don't know. So we'll see. That'll be interesting. Uh, so, no, the, the intention is to not change anything up too much. Uh, if we do find that some things are just, you know, we, we stop the song and it's just like crickets out there, uh, it'll be like, okay, they didn't get that. We won't do that one again. Mm, okay. Uh, you know, we, we sort of looked at the songs and it's like, I you know, it's hard to say, you know, what might not work. So we're just going to do them. And uh, if something's just clearly not working, uh, we, we'll pull it. You know, it's it's a work in progress. But we're going to start out doing basically the same concept that we were doing on this whole tour. And we'll see how they like it. Okay. One thing that I, I think a lot of fans are, are probably curious about is when you are doing Paris, is there going to be any attempt to do Genius in France? I mean, what better place to premiere um, a live version of that song? Wow. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not, uh, no, 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 okay. <laughs> no, 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 uh, that's just, that, you know, that's just a song we cannot pull off on, on, uh, on a couple of levels, musically and lyrically, vocally. Um, <laughs> it's just not something we can do and, and do it justice. It would right. be like saying, well, right. you know, do hardware store. Well, we can't do hardware store the way everybody knows it. Yeah. And if we do it, you know, the, the only way we can do it to slow it way down or do it, you know, in, in a different style that's slower, uh, it's just, it's not going to be the same. Now, you know, we've done that with a couple of songs. I mean, Dare to be Stupid's gone through a couple of transformations, but, you know, that's different. We've been doing that for years, uh, you know, in its original form. Mm-hmm. You know, that was right. just done just for fun. Uh, this right. would have to be done, you know, because we just can't do it. We can't do it the way everybody knows it. And whether that would be received well or not, you know, uh, Probably not. And Genius in France is another one that, you know, un- unless, unless you know, we can really do these songs the way they're supposed to be done, we just can't do something different because it's just, it's kind of like a cop-out, mm-hmm. you know. So rather than do that, it's like, well, we'll cop-out and just not do it. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we, we know when we're licked, you know. We, we can't do the song justice, so we're just, we're not going to do it. We're not going to attempt to do that. Uh, and in Paris, yeah, you know, that would be, well, actually, there are... There are some French words in there. That would be good. I think he says "we we" and "see you play," uh, so they would understand yeah. some of it, I guess. <laughs> anyway, no, no, you know that that uh, you know we can pull that kind of stuff off in in the U.S. You know, like when you guys show up at a show, we can play your theme song. Uh, we we can't just pull that out of our you know uh, repertoire and, uh, right. and and do it justice. So no, sorry. That was the long answer. Short answer, nope. Nope. <laughs> I, I figured not, but I think everyone's curious. So what are you doing between the two tours? Are you still drumming every day? How do you keep yourself sane? Or is not drumming keeping you sane? <laughs> well, I'm I'm drumming a little bit. Actually, I had a, a gig right after Thanksgiving and, and with one of my bands. and uh, You know, I'm still unpacking, really. I mean, I'm still... Uh, trying to get settled and and you know being gone for six months six plus months is a long time to you know not catch up on stuff at home and and uh, you know there's projects here things need to be done um, so I'm still getting settled you know more than a month at home I'm still uh, I'm literally still unpacking I haven't put everything away and I, I think probably it will just transition into packing up again right. to uh, <laughs> take off 
Basically, right. basically for almost two months. I mean, we're gone for quite a while. Yeah. So, you know, between, uh, uh, between Christmas and unpacking and just trying to relax a little bit and getting caught up on stuff at home, uh, that's keeping me busy. I mean, I'm uh, really not doing anything special or, you know, not sleeping all the time either, but, uh, you know, just trying to get caught up on stuff and, and stay on top of things. And uh, hopefully after, you know, we'll, we'll get home in late March and hopefully, uh, you know, I'll be able to have the rest of next year to myself and maybe catch up on some vacations that uh, my wife and I missed back in 2020. Mm, yeah. And, uh, mm. you know, that that would be nice. I mean, we had a bunch of stuff planned and, you know, it all all went to heck thanks to the virus. And uh, so I, I think, though, my next year we'll be ready to venture out again. I mean, I've been doing it all along. You know, I mean, I've been staying in hotels and been on a few flights over the last six yeah. months. But, uh, you know, we're also mostly in a bubble. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, mostly in a controlled situation, you know, except for the hotels themselves. And, uh, you know, we, we can't control that when we're out, you know, so we're we're still weighing that carefully as, as to when it's a good time to venture out again and sort of be in the public. Uh, I think it's just, it's a matter of time. I think it's pretty soon. We can't talk about the tour and not talk about the final show of the 2022 leg, which was, of course, at Carnegie Hall. There were a couple of incredible things, but I think, Bermuda, you'll agree, the most incredible thing is that people who bought merchandise that night had an opportunity to get an early copy of Lights, Camera, Accordion. So Dave and I were very happy uh, to pick up some early copies. What was the sense like playing at Carnegie Hall? I mean, I guess you're on stage and you can't see anything, but (laughs) it must have felt special, right? (laughs) Well, I I knew we were there because that's what it said in the itinerary. So, you know, it's like, oh, Carnegie Hall, oh, that's cool. Um no, you know what? It, it was it's it's very cool. I mean, that's such a, a famous historic venue. Uh, so many incredible artists and bands have played there, and uh, you know, for me, anywhere that the Beatles played is always a special place. So oh, that's yeah. that's another place on the list. Oh yeah. You know, uh, you know, the Hammersmith Odeon. We played. They played there. Uh, Red Rocks in uh, outside of Denver. They played there. Hollywood mm. Bowl, of course. Uh, Forest Hill Stadium uh, uh, in New York City. Uh, any place we played where the Beatles played is special for me. So on, in that respect, it was it was a cool gig. Honestly, for me, it's just it was just kind of another show. You know, it was you know it was it was special for me because I knew I'd be going home the next day <laughs> after 27 weeks, and I was I was really looking forward to that. Uh, but but uh, no, I mean it was certainly a special gig, and uh, you know I think we did very well there, and uh, you know we record. Uh, most of our gigs, most of our shows, and unfortunately, we were not allowed to record there. Oh, we would have been allowed if we wanted to pay a, a million bucks. Oh, geez. But uh, so I, I do not oh, have wow. a recording of, of that show, uh, which oh. is you know, unfortunate. I mean, we we could we couldn't even sneak one. I I you know I talked to our sound guy after I said, hey, psst, psst, you didn't uh, happen to get. He says, no, 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 did not want to go there. So no recording of that. Oh well. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, but but it was but that that last show. I mean, it was it was very cool. Playing there was very cool. You know, you mentioned that the book was at the merch table. You know, we we leaked uh, because we had sold out. Thanks to everyone, we had sold out black and white and weird all over, which had been available at the merch tables, uh, right up through the Memphis show. I think the Memphis show, the first week of October, was the last few books that were available. And that was it. And there were no more. The distributors out of books. I mean, they were sold out basically. 
you know, wow. period. Really, throughout the tour, you know, we kept noticing them getting sold out, and we saw so many people buying the books. It was surprising to me because I'm like, how does everyone not already have this book? And I guess they didn't. And that, that was so cool to see everyone walking around carrying your book at those shows. Well, that that was my thought, too. It's like, you know, everybody that wanted a book would have bought a book already, right? No, no, no. A whole bunch more got sold. I guess I, I, it's hard to imagine, but, you know, if someone, you know, if there's a, a, a fan who's dedicated enough to want to go to a show that they wouldn't already know about the book and wouldn't have already bought it, you know, that they would see it there for the first time. It's like, oh, wow, a book. Hey, how cool. <laughs> that's, that's, hard, that's hard to imagine that happening, but that's exactly what happened. And the books, uh, the books sold out. I mean, the distributor was out. That was the end of the books, thanks to the tour. Uh, there, there are no more. They're, they're gone. Even Amazon is uh, now, you know, referring people to other sellers. They don't, wow. they don't have any more books. Uh, wow. There's, there's a handful of books in Europe of, of the first book. There's a handful in Australia. There's a handful in Canada, but they're not coming back to the states. I mean, basically, there's no more in the states unless a store happens to be sitting on a few. And and that's it. But they're they can't be ordered anymore. Uh, so what the distributor, what the publisher wanted to do was to just sort of leak the new book a little bit. We were talking about doing it for the last four or five shows of the tour. You know, just selling maybe twenty copies at each show, just to sort of get a few out there. And ultimately, they they thought, you know what, we'll just we'll send thirty to the Carnegie Hall show, and and you know just that'd be a cool thing. What's interesting, I can hardly believe it. Only twenty five of the books sold. Hmm. Oh. And that's that's hard that's hard to imagine. Uh and and I was told it was because of how congested and and the the lineup situation to be able to walk to the merch oh, booth. Yes. That there just weren't enough that yeah. that they just not enough people walked through there apparently uh to sell them all, which is it's hard to imagine that everyone that didn't walk in there wouldn't have bought a book. I mean, the first 30 people should have bought the first 30 books. I think but they didn't. We only sold 25 books. It was very strange. So somewhere there's five copies of the book that are autographed, I might add. And and uh, I, they're, in a, they're in a box somewhere. I don't know where. I don't have them. Mm. But uh, no, we just thought that would be a, a cool thing. And thank you for uh, grabbing those. That's cool. Yeah. Well, thankfully, UH Jeff was able to grab them for Dave and I and himself. And it was, yeah, what like you said, you weren't out there. You're backstage, but I couldn't even get into the merch room. It was like this separate room. It was on like the second floor by the, you know, it had to go up a balcony. You go down yeah, these was... stairs. They wouldn't even like let people in. It was so crazy. So I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. It's just very, when, when uh, Marnie, who runs the, the merch, had said, uh, you know, we only sold 25 of the books. And I, I couldn't believe it. I thought they would just go immediately. But there are 25 lucky people who got to see the book uh, a couple of weeks before everyone else. And, uh, yeah. you know, we, we thought that would be something fun to do. Yeah, it, that was such a cool thing. All right. So after Black and White and Where It All Over was released in 2020 uh, and to, as you said, sold out, was that the inspiration for this new book, this Lights, camera, accordion, all color photographs this time. Can you tell us about how this book uh, got started? Well, I, in uh, 2020 was a year off for a lot of people, but that was a planned year off for us, and that was the year that that uh, I was able to keep working on, on uh, the first book and get that out and, and help promote it. And uh, when it became apparent that 2021 was going to, in fact, be a year off as well, uh, I thought, you know, this this uh, scanning of negatives is a cool thing. I got a, a 
ton of negatives that were not scanned, obviously, for the first book. And I thought, you know, I got nothing but time. I, I better do this before they all disintegrate or do whatever negatives do after, mm. you know, 40, 40 or 50 years. And uh, so I got myself a, a proper negative scanner and sat down for literally 18 weeks and went wow. through to every day for wow. 18 weeks and scanned two, three, four, sometimes five rolls of film, uh, logged them in a database, uh, got as much information about the, the subjects and the date and the location. And, uh, you know, I put uh, keywords in there so I could sort them, you know, whether it had to do with pets or places I lived or automobiles or relatives or girlfriends or, or you know, anything like that. Everything got, you know, anything that had to do with Al, of course, uh, you know, video shoots, if, if it was a live gig, whatever it was, I put as many keywords in there so if I needed to sort them out, I could find them. I'm just very thorough that way. So that took almost as long as the scanning. It was sitting down and having to go through those and determine what they were and then log them. And yeah. uh, so I basically was, was reliving, you know, from the early 70s through about 2006 or seven <laughs> of all the film photos that I had shot. And, uh, you know, as I'm doing that, I thought, boy, there's a lot of, you know, I, I hadn't thought about the color photos before because most of those, you know, that were worth seeing had already been online. They'd already been on Al's site or they had been in a book from 2012 or they were in the box set from 2017 that Sony put out. You know, there's a 122 page book in there, chock full of my photos. Right. And I thought, you know, a lot of those, a lot of the ones worth seeing, I thought had been seen. But as I'm looking at them, as I'm looking at how clean and crisp and, and you know, beautiful these photos are, uh, you know, taken right from the negatives, I thought, you know, this is, this might make a good book too. And uh, so the next step was to, uh, you know, ask Al. I said, uh, you know, I got a bunch more photos, color this time, and <laughs> spanning a longer period, you know, can I put out another book? And uh, he said, uh, yeah, you know, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, so I, be, I began to, to sort photos. Well, he's quick that way. You know, you ask him a question and say you get an immediate answer. Hey, can I put out a book? Can I, can I milk your image some more? Yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> okay, thanks. I'll see you, see you next year. Uh, so I, I began to assemble photos and, uh, you know, got them down to about 800 photos uh, that, that I thought were good and... and uh, I thought, you know, I need some help weeding some more out. I mean, nobody's going to put out a book with 800 photos of Al. You know, not my publisher anyway. And so I, I sent them to each of the guys because now they're, you know, in the, in the, the you know, more of these photos. I'm in photos. You know, uh, Al obviously is in almost every single photo. And so I ran them by everybody. Uh, and I said, uh, you know, if there's anything in here you don't like, you know, you don't want me to possibly publish tell me now I'm happy to pull it out. you know I wanted them to help me pare it down a little bit right and it that did that didn't work at all they they uh, I mean the guys all said no no all good and Al found like <laughs> like four or five out of 800 photos right found like four or five wow. that he wasn't absolutely thrilled with <laughs> and and so they they were basically of no help so I I sent the photos to the publisher and and uh, their editors uh, Shane and Desiree Lewis, who were Al fans, as it turns out, uh, you know, looked at that, looked at all the photos with a different eye than I could do, and they were able to get that down. There's 301 fresh photos in there that uh, mm. I couldn't obviously get it down to that number, 
Uh, I couldn't get it down below 800. So there's there's still a bunch of photos that are approved that could, uh, I suppose, be used for another book, but they're probably not going to be as exciting as this. And uh, and once that was done, you know, and I saw it all laid out, I thought this is going to be a really good book. You know, it's a longer period. It covers things that the first book did not cover. Like, in fact, there was no on-the-road stuff because I didn't shoot black-and-white film on the road. Yeah. So the first book right. didn't have anything from any of the tours. Uh, it was just some videos and some studio and... That was kind of it. Uh, this book is is everything. I mean, it's just, you know, Al in my apartment, uh, you know, us eating out, uh, driving, you know, sitting on the bus, uh, you know, backstage, on stage during sound check, all sorts of different things, you know, photos from several videos as well. Uh, in fact, what's cool about this is you get color photos uh, from videos that were only seen in black and white. Yeah, I love Such that. as... Bedrock, bedrock Anthem. Uh, Bob. Now, photos have been seen, you know, my color photos have been seen from those videos before, but they were taken from prints. They were taken from like four by six inch prints, you know, scanned. You know, the, the quality was only as good as a small print. And, you know, whatever density, you know, I could correct the color somewhat, but whatever the density was of the print, uh, if things were too dark or too bright, I can only do so much. So... I was really limited until I saw all these new scans and thought, man, these these will clean up really nice. These are just beautiful, and and I can I'm starting from scratch with these. I'm not limited to, you know, the photo processors prints that I went home with, and and that's you know what everyone's had to see. You know, these deserve right. to be seen. So there are photos that have been seen, but they haven't been seen in this quality before, and I'm I'm really proud of them. Yeah, for sure. And there's so many that we haven't seen, which is. Insanely cool, you know, as well. Uh, well, well, th yeah, I mean, that's, you know, these aren't all just repeats. I mean, some will be familiar and a lot of them are, are brand new. And, uh, you know, I think I think that's cool. And I, I think the fans, well, the, the reports I've heard from everyone, they love it. In fact, they like it better than the first book, which is uh, nice to know. That's nice to hear. Yeah, it covers a lot more. I mean, it covers, like you said, basically you, your debut together all the way through straight out of Linwood. So that's uh, that's quite quite a variety of uh, albums in between and video shoots, like you mentioned. It's it's really cool. Now, Bermuda, do you have any idea how many negatives you scanned during the eighteen weeks or whatever it was that you were <laughs> locked in a room scanning? <laughs> It it was it was roughly nine thousand nine hundred and twenty nine. Wow! Wow! <laughs> roughly. That's insane. G wow. That's give or take roughly. one. Right. <laughs> that's give or take one. Uh, I scanned four hundred and nine rolls of film. Holy crap! It took me. It took me. I I I I could write a book about writing a book. Uh, it took me six six hundred and sixty two hours to do all oh, of this. Oh wow! Uh, and and uh, now now again, this isn't just the Al stuff. This is like my entire life of, of negatives, but you know within there is is obviously a lot of Al uh, storage size of all of this. It's it's two hundred and thirty nine gigs, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it, it is. I mean that's that's a lot it of is. a lot of stuff. <laughs> and it was literally eighteen weeks. I mean it was like one hundred and twenty nine days. Wow. Uh, every every single day, it was nuts. <laughs> And uh, so I'm glad that's done. I mean, I'm, I'm very happy to have gotten that out of the way. And, you know, without a bunch of time off, there's really no way I could have done that. I couldn't have done it during 2020 because I was busy working on the first book still. Uh, 
and then 2021 became, you know, we were originally going to tour during 21. And uh, when, when that became a year off as well, uh, I realized, you know, I, I got to do something with my time. So basically in March of 21, uh, I started working on these negatives and uh, didn't stop until late July. Oh. And boy, are, boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna ask what was going through your mind as you were scanning in that very last negative. Oh, I, it was just like, oh boy, yay! <laughs> I was, I was thrilled. I mean, you know, of course, I, I knew I was coming down to the wire. I had all of the envelopes and negatives lined up, and I, you know, I knew when I was getting down to the end, and it was just, you know, I was starting to figure out, you know, about two weeks away from from the end. I was trying to figure out exactly when I would finish, and you know, uh, I was just, I was, it was very satisfying to do that yeah. and then to pack up the scanner and and put it in the garage and <laughs> and be done with it it was it was extremely satisfying to have done all that and but at that point then it's like well i've seen all of these photos and after i'd asked al if it was okay then i had to go back through all of them now again because i had had uh, logged these in such a way that i could separate out al's stuff you know and and, and go to those folders immediately you know, the next step was to go through all of the photos and see which ones would be considered possibly for this book, and that took mm -hmm. a lot of time as well. I don't, I don't know how much time that took, but uh, you know, that that took quite a while to get that narrowed down. I actually, I narrowed it down to about 850 pictures, and I thought that was it. And I went through and I did a really hard look at them again, and I took another 50 out. So I, I got it down to 800, and then yeah. Al got it down to. 795 or six or something like that and and, and then and i just sort of sent them to the publisher i said you know here's where your work begins and uh, right. you know you shane and desiree can figure out uh, what what should be in there and what shouldn't because i just i can't i look at them i think they should all be in there but yeah know, obviously we can't right i know talking with you about the first book by hand you were the one who went through and sort of fixed some color correction and that kind of stuff maybe not color correction on the first book but <laughs> you went through and you uh you tweaked the photos and stuff do you do that for all of these before the photos are chosen like do you just do it for every photo or just the ones that are going to be used we need to stop the interview right there but we will be back next episode with even more from john bermuda schwartz be sure to pick up his new book, Lights, Camera, Accordion, eye-popping photographs of Weird Al Yankovic, 1981 through 2006, on Amazon or wherever fine books are sold. And don't you worry, you can still pick up one of those awesome box sets over at 1984publishing.com. Take it from me, they're gorgeous. And they make great holiday gifts. Oh, act quickly! 1984publishing.com is reporting that there are less than 50 box sets available. Yeah, get those orders in quickly before Dave and Ethan and Kenneth and Adriana Yugovich and Scott Sorensen buy up the rest. And me. This episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota a beautiful, it's also... Again? Didn't we already check the 347 special hotline this episode? Yeah, I... I think we did, but that sound means we've got a message on the 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. So I suppose we should listen to it. Well, sounds good. Let's hear it, Intern Frank. Hi, guys. My name is Candace Perkins. I am a resident of Darwin, Minnesota, as you can tell by my accent. Uh, I'm calling to report an absolute injustice 
that took place at the Twine Ball a few days ago, one Mike McGee uh, went ahead and touched the ball. He hugged it. He hugged it much like Al did in his uh, visit to the ball back in the day that can be seen in a light camera accordion. I am distraught, and I am heartbroken. Francis A. Johnson worked so hard, and for 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 some who again, go ahead and touch it. It just won't do. Thank you, Candace Birkins, for this very important phone call. Wait, Candace Birkins? What did she say her name was? I thought Candace said her last name was Perkins. I mean, does it really matter? Not at all. I mean, what really matters here is that this Mike McGee broke the holy statute in place to protect the twine ball for future generations. Do not worry, Candace or our dear listeners. Here at Discover Darwin, we have access to turn on the ball signal to alert the Darwin Mounted Police of this terrible, terrible incident, and they will swiftly be responding within 12 to 14 business days. We have also alerted Darwin, Minnesota Mayor Josh Johnson. We know he is quite the athlete due to his Twine K results, so we know he will quickly save the day after he finishes his other Twinely duties. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next villainous expedition. Discover Darwin, more than just the Twine Ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to attempt to visit discoverdarwin.biz. This is a special hamster alert to the Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast broadcast alert system sponsored by Jack Bateman. Hey, Jeff, as a kid, did you ever have a hamster as a pet? I did not. Okay, well, as an adult, did you ever have a hamster as a pet? I also did not. Okay, okay, well, have you ever considered having a hamster as a pet? That is also a no. Oh, boy. Well, uh, have you ever seen a hamster? Wait, wait, don't answer that. Let's take this ad in a totally different direction. Okay, hypothetically, UH Jeff, if you were hypothetically ever were to hypothetically get a hamster as a, you know, hypothetical pet, what would you hypothetically name it? Ethan? What? I would hypothetically name the hamster Ethan. That is all for this episode's very important special hamster alert via the Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast broadcast alert system. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to our incredible sponsors Brito Brito, Jackson Scoggins, Discover Darwin, and Jack Bateman. Our podcast is also supported by everyone else in our Patreon family, with special thanks to our amazing close personal friend level Patreon supporters, Zach, Dana B, Blair, Kev, Javier, Scott, UH Jeff, Ah! Nancy, NES Josh 64, Mike, Matthew, Kenneth, Gus and Alicia, Allison, Adriana, Ajax, Jake, Zeb, and also thanks to Andrew and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our fantastically freaky and family-friendly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch. There are awesome benefits like getting your name on the podcast, your own private RSS feed, and access to secret episodes. And now would be a really good time to join if you have not already, because not only will you be the first to hear our remaining The Unfortunate Return of the Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour Concert Review bonus episodes of 2022, you will also be the first to hear our brand new Weird Al Yankovic Story Insider bonus episode series. 
And don't forget to check out our official merchandise over at shop.2000inch.com. All proceeds from purchases go directly towards supporting our fine podcast. Ooh, it's chilly outside. So why not stay inside for a change? You know, curl up in front of the fireplace, put some weird the Al Yankovic story on the old Roku channel, and sip some hot chocolate from your gill and chill mug. Mm. That sounds amazing. You know, we love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans, so be sure to join our Facebook community at group.2000inch.com and visit our Discord server for even more riveting Weird Al and Red Brumped Agouti-related conversations. You can find both of them linked on our website, as well as information about past episodes and guests over at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com. And while you are there, click on Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Bonus Episodes to follow along with our adventures on tour, or click on Black and White and Weird All Over Bonus Episodes for our special series where this episode's guest, John Bermuda Schwartz, walks us through his very first book, page by page and picture by picture. Keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews on your favorite podcast app. Make sure you're subscribed, because not only does it help the podcast, it turns your ordinary Christmas light display into a must-see Christmas light display. Plus, we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official, patent-pending, 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline 347 spatula. You might even hear your message in a future episode. Thank you once again to our guest, John Bermuda Schwartz, and a big thank you to UH Jeff Nucera for joining us this episode. We also want to thank Chloe, Delano Lopez, Johnny O'Hearn, Candace Perkins, a.k.a. Candace Birkins, Mayor Josh Johnson, and Adrian Vasquez. Thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible podcast theme song, and thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thank you to all of you, our loyal listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everybody else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Next episode, more of our interview with the legendary John Bermuda Schwartz. And until next time, remember to gill and chill. All right, Jeff, we have one more question. Yes? Are Ethan and myself going to be in your documentary? Mm, I'm not quite sure yet. Does this change your answer? Why did you hand me the 15th edition of a subpar quality print-on-demand Weird Al-themed Connect the Dots? Well, does Mr. Washington change your answer? A quarter? Really? Oh, crap, sorry, we mean Mr. Lincoln? A penny? Yeah, uh, we're gonna need that penny back. That was David Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 181-inch. The envy of Christmas light displays everywhere. You know, nobody killed anyone. You know, we wanted to. Well, we've always wanted to kill Reben. <laughs>